But welcome everybody to a very special, very first uh, time here for the Lego Thinking America podcast. We're going to start doing interviews, as we said on the last episode of the Rugby League in America podcast. So these are going to be really nice, um, either one-on-one uh, or kind of one-on-one interviews. But um, unfortunately, because of busy time schedules, and you know, Lance and myself, and um, maybe down the road, if Jim ever comes back, we'll be doing some, just some really nice uh, interviews with different people around uh, rugby league, not just in the U.S., but in Canada, South America, and other places. So um, this is the first one. We're excited. There's a lot of great things uh, going on with rugby league in the U.S. right now. Uh, one group in particular, I think, is doing a fantastic job, and we talked about it. And Lance was a big, big advocate of them right now, loving what we're doing because of one thing that we really love, and that's transparency. And that's the Pacific Coast Rugby League, the PCRL. The guys out there in San Diego, L.A., uh, where else? I think that we got San Francisco with uh, the Dead Pelicans. Um, and then some other ones, hopefully here, we'll hear some fun things about people in the future. Oh, the Banditos in L.A., two L.A. teams. That's fun. Um, but, of course, uh, I want to bring on two of the guys that are leading the way. They are the, I guess, uh, we'll call them owners. Or the, I guess we'll call them owners. It's weird. You're talking about owners of clubs, but they're the, they're the heads of each of their respective clubs down there at the San Diego Barracudas. It is Ben Cavalli. Oh, did I just botcher that name? Cavalli. Yeah. Is that pretty close? Yeah. That's, yeah. Pretty close. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I thought I was going to Pretty much spot it. on. Let's not mess up any further. And of course, <laughs> over there with the LA mongrel, it's AD Cooney. AD, what's going on, man? How you doing? Thank you for having us on. No problem. Appreciate it, guys. Um, you guys have been really just uh, rocking and rolling over there uh, in, in California in particular, but also um, we see posts that are coming around for, you know, working with the guys in Oregon and um, just expanding the um, the recognition of rugby league, not just to rugby league fans, but you guys were working with some union teams down there, specifically an MLR team, which is exciting. Um, I don't know what we'll start with you, AD, like what's been, you know, this past couple of months have been like a whirlwind. Um, yeah, where, yeah. where have you guys been, you know, kind of as you know, we, we know you all, you both departed along with the dead Pelicans um, departed, you know, California rugby league kind of formed your own entity. Um, kind of give me that, you know, give me that those couple, past couple months in about two minutes and what it's been like uh, getting the PCRL up and running. Sure. Um, obviously, you know, uh, after we left CRL, um, the, the players reached out to us, you know, on a regular basis saying, we want to carry on playing, we want to carry on playing. And I think personally, I'd lost some motivation at the time, Ben may have been the same. Um, and we kind of took a few months off uh, and then came back together and we just started, we basically just started to sound each other out and see how much interest there was, whether we could get back going. Um, with a view to just playing one game at that point, um, we reached out to some other people interested, um, like Chad Cooper, Chris Hallenbrook, um, John Ashton as a ref, uh, Ho-Jun Kim, David Abo, um, and, and we put together a, like a working committee with some of the women as well and just really started to, to push our plans for what we could do. Um, so obviously the, the original goal was just to, to do the Barracudas and Mongrel and then take it from there. Um, things seemed to grow pretty quickly once we got through all of the um, the admin, getting the 501c3 in place and getting some sponsors on board. Um, and then really, you know, we, we started to push on the socials at that point once we had something to, to, to tell everybody. 
Um, we've always been very mindful as a group that we're not going to make announcements unless we've actually got something firm in place. So we, we might be a Wait, bit who, quiet. Who, who, who does that? No, nobody uh, in the U.S. does that in rugby league, right? Like, you know, no, well, no, you no, know. No one, no one makes announcements or schedules as games are happening <laughs> or seasons are happening or teams exist and then they, they don't. No, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, leading into the, the game December the 10th, you know, until we'd got the field locked down, all the insurances in place, you know, teams accounted for medical uh, coverage. I uh, wanted to make sure all of that was in place before we announced it. And, and that's going to be the goal um, and, and policy going forward. So obviously when we announce something, it's because we've something to tell you. Um, and, you know, who knows what, what that's going to look like in a year or two's time, you know. Uh, we've yeah. had some great conversations with, uh, with the rugby community um, and starting to really, you know, make some good progress, you know, for our league and, um, you know, what that will look like this next year running alongside USARL. So pretty excited yeah. that we've got the four teams in. Um, you know, everybody will play each other twice, um, you know, you know, we've got several months to go before that season starts. So who knows what that'll look like at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So, you know, obviously with a lot of stuff going on, you know, different entities and stuff, we, we've talked about it on the podcast is, you know, we had to touch on it just slightly, but, you know, claiming to be the governing body and things like that. You guys yep. are, correct us, Ben, like you guys are firmly associated with the USARL as you were wearing your USARL. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. It's like a, it's like a given there, but you are firmly associated <laughs> with them. You've been a part of kind of the govern the, the governance and the re-governance of the USARL um, along with some other entities um, yep. within rugby yeah. league in the US. So, correct. Yeah, when yes. we, we, we um, first launched PCRL, sorry, I'll just jump in. Uh, when we launched it, you know, we had different ambitions at the time. Uh, and then when the IRL announced the governance review, we kind of said, right, we're going to stop until uh, we know what that looks like. We know who's going to be in control, uh, and then we will support that. Um, and that's why we were quiet for several months. Um, once, you know, we participated in that, like you said, along with a number of our peers. Um, and then when they sent out the document with the outline of what it would look like for 2023 and beyond, we were like, okay, now it's time for us to submit our expressions of interest and move on from there. And again, Ben, I have, you know, some additional comments as well. Yeah, I think we've, we were, we were kind of very aware right from the start that we wanted to to do things the right way and be aligned with, you know, the IRL and, and the structure they've set out on this, this governance reform and, and give the players the best opportunity to be, you know, representing their countries and have that pathway there for them. Both Adi and myself uh, are coaching the, the women's national team, which is the, the shirt that I've, I've got on at the moment. Um, we've just come back from a couple of national camps with those girls over the last couple of weeks in LA and in Florida, which was, which was fantastic. Um, so yes, yeah, so we wanted to, to make sure that, all of our clubs and all of our players, we're in the right place and the right opportunities to be able to to fall in line with, you know, IRL governance and IRL's uh, pathways for that. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll touch upon kind of stuff with the women's national team here soon. I do want to talk yeah. about that, but I also want to talk about just kind of the, you know, we talk about the origins, right? Um, where you guys have come from, you know, with California Rugby League to start off with. You did play the season with them. You guys went through everything. How important was it for you guys when you kind of 
brought over your teams and you two got together to be the inaugural two teams to start off with, you know, December 10th was that game that you guys played for the first time. You know, the Mongrel, the Barracudas, the Mongrel went through a complete rebrand. Everything was, uh, you know, Barracudas stayed the same. Like the back and forth on social media is great. How important <laughs> then was that for you guys like to continue that on and, you know, to build the, kind of like that camaraderie and that relationship that you guys have been working on? I think as AD sort of said before, we both had a few months where I think we, we needed a bit of a break. And yeah. I don't think there's there's many people in Ripley that could have could have drawn me back into getting involved with it. And AD's probably one of them. Um, and just the, the really good group that we put together, as AD mentioned some of the names before, and, and, and the players down here in San Diego as well, I get messages, you know, every couple of weeks so saying, are we doing this? Are we doing this? Can we do something? Can we get something organized? And it, that makes the you know makes the work a lot easier. People uh, like our, the men's captain that we have down here, Eli Welsh, who's one of those people that when he buys into something, he he buys into something, and he's been phenomenal in terms of organizing the players and, and taking a lot of work down here. So that that rivalry and that having that there's a lot of friendships across the two squads. There's a lot of friendly rivalries as well across the two squads. Yeah. So that definitely definitely helps to keep the engagement going. I did, I, Eddie, would you agree? Like, you know, that, that, that rivalry back and forth. I mean, listen, like we all see your social media. We tell you know, the, the dogs and the fishes, um, you know, you know puppies, puppies and fishes as, fishies, as, as, as we've seen out there. Um, yeah. You know, how important is that to you guys? Like to have that kind of, uh, almost say kind of comical uh, back and forth, like spats, if you will, on social media? It's a nice break from the usual rugby league rhetoric in America. So, you know, we'll carry on um, winding each other up. But obviously, you know, ultimately, it's all down to what we do on the field. Um, you know, obviously wearing two hats, one as, you know, one of the leads in PCRL. I've got to think about the bigger picture for the league. But when it comes down to an individual game for the Mongol, then, you know, we're going to prepare and, and make sure we're in the right frame of mind to go in and, and turn Ben's team over every time we play him. And, you yeah. know, I think some of that comes from our Yorkshire rivalry as well. You know, I'm a, I'm a Keithley lad who's followed Leeds Rhino since I was a kid and Ben's a Huddersfield lad. And, you know, some of that just, you know, it's, it comes through. I was going to say, like, uh, I don't th- your, your two accents don't really sound uh, very SoCal. Uh, growing, having grown up in Southern California, yeah. I, I don't think it's a very SoCal accent. <laughs> Yeah, well, I can feel my accent. Yeah, he went to a posher <laughs> college than I did as well. Oh, well, <laughs> he, he is he is a doctor, right? Or doctor has his doctor. You have your doctorate? Yes, doctor. yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. We we were saying beforehand that uh, the PCRL is probably the most uh, overly educated uh, rugby league <laughs> board of directors in the world, probably. Right? Did you say world? I. Probably, I would guess. Yeah, I think we have a 50% PhD rate for three out of the six board members, which is completely unnecessary for, for anything rugby league related. But it's still a fun stat to tell everybody. So I'm, sure. I'm all, I'm all yeah. about that. So, you know, with the two entities, you know, the Mongrel and the Barracudas, um, you guys, it, it's not just men's team. You guys are working on women's team and building that, but you're also holding camps. They're not we'll call it camps, but like uh, practices together, playing touch, things like that, getting others involved in the community. You know, um, 80, like, when, when it comes to like the development of the mongrel and what you guys are doing down there with the men's and women's, what are you doing to get involved in a local community? And then, you know, what are you pulling yeah. from, I guess, union sides as well in, in the LA region? 
Yeah, so for us, um, about a year ago, uh, we really sat down with the Eagle Rock guys who are based out of North Hollywood, Sherman Oaks area. Um, We had a number of their players in our squad at the time, and um, Jeff, who runs them, is a a massive advocate of rugby league. Believes there's, you know, benefits for both games by having his players play both. Um, You know, we were fully supportive of that. Uh, and ultimately, you know, we had a large group of Eagle Rock players in our team. Um, uh, and I think it's fair to say that, uh, you know, we built a really good camaraderie and, um, you know, like a nice little family within the group. Um, we have had some some changes in the team with some of the Fijian boys going back to Fiji. A couple of our Aussie guys have gone back to Australia. So, you know, we, we're kind of looking for some new blood coming in this next year. Um and it's vital that we can engage with the local community. Um, I've gone out and done a, a couple of joint union sessions, um, offered my facilities to the local school to see if I can go and do uh, a, you know, a clinic there and just uh, to really engage the, uh, the younger group coming through. Because I think it's fair to say in all of USA Rugby League, team, teams seem to age out and there's not much coming through behind it. And I, I've said this on other podcasts before. We, we've got to tap into either the college kids who don't make it to NFL or to those high levels, whether they're sprint athletes that we can teach to play rugby or whatever it will be. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's really important that we get in there. And, yeah, and to be fair, it's not an easy thing to do. No. So, you know, we've got to it'll probably more low-key stuff. We'll, you know, have a, as, as we organize our schedule through the rest of the year, we're going to try and do some community level, um, you know, events where we'll go out to a park and, you know, we'll try and get some invites out into the local community, especially the low income communities and, and push there. So you're telling me that despite popular belief around the world of the dichotomy and the anger and the hatred of <laughs> union and league, that in the U.S. they actually get along? Yeah, I mean, that, that's been our experience, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's been our experience so far. And, you know, I, I was very surprised when I, I received a call from uh, Marquise at the MLR reaching out and saying, oh. we want to collaborate on this December the 10th game. I'm like, okay, let's do it. You know, and uh, we had a really good chat with Jack Wiggins down at uh, the Legion running their academy team. Uh, and we put on a, a really good day of rugby with, you know, three games and a women's combine and, you know, it can be done, yeah, right. you know. I mean, it, it can Ben, those, I mean, Legion, that's your backyard right there, man. They're down yeah. the road from you. you know, how, how important was that to kind of at least get that kind of exposure? And, and to my knowledge, that is the first time that's happened in the U.S. with doing a joint union league kind of combo day, um, you know, since MLR has been around what, six years but still, yeah, it, first time. it was really great. Yeah, it was really great to have that that collaboration. I think it definitely helps that you know the Legion season's kicking off in two three weeks time, and then I think yeah, yeah, and the, the, the you know, <laughs> yes, and then then there's you know there's not much of a complete overlap between the two seasons, so there is yeah. scope for to the guys you know go back and forth and get experience in both and 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 really complement each other. You know. Two, you know, million and a half, two million people in San Diego. There's room for there's room for two codes of rugby. Yeah, um, I mean, right? I mean, that's, that's I don't know how many union like D three, D two, D one teams actually exist down there, and there's quite you know quite a few, um, at least from my my, my recollection. 
Um, but at the same time, like you, you guys can pull. I, I think I, I said this from the beginning. Um, as as a huge rugby league fan, but also I was in Austin when Sam Harris came down. You know, there and Sam's former Wardinger at. He was former. You know, played New South Wales State Origin. Like he he was a rugby league guy, and he and I talked about it, and it was his. You know how strong his defense was. He said rugby league right there. He said, you know, the defense, the, the strength of his defense was based upon how strong of tackling and his his or his background in rugby league tackling, which was important for yeah. him to bring into the union side. So, uh, with you guys, okay, so. no, I was just going to say. I think we're, what we're, one thing I've certainly started seeing in the last couple of months. I think partly a function of us having been around for a year or so now, and and the structures that we're starting to put in place and hopefully the, the, the good model that we're using is that there are there are people in Southern California and Northern California in the States with rugby league experience, but who have just had no avenue and weren't aware there was any opportunity for them to do that. You know, we're, we're seeing players and coaches who have been, we have an uh, Australian guy, Corey, who came down and played in the December 10th game and came down to us in kind of mid-November and says, I've been in the U.S. for... 10 years and been playing, I played a bit of union and played a bit of, but I just had no idea there was rugby league here. Well, yeah. So we're starting to see, I think as we get more visibility and get more traction, we want those raw athletes from, you know, the college and high school American athletes, but it's good to have those more experienced rugby league people as well. And just going back to what you were saying about the, the kind of women's work, the women's teams and the work in the community, we're, we just signed up a sponsor here in San Diego, uh, Gossipville, who are local uh, women's and lesbian bar here in San Diego, who um, who are helping us. We're doing a recruitment mixer with them next month on the 26th of February. We've just signed off the details of that um, last night, I think it was. Um, so we, we're doing what we can to try to get into that community and start getting the word out with the, because I think we've got a really good group of uh, on the men's side at the moment. and. We're still recruiting for the men's side. We've got about 30 on the on the roster at the moment. But my big priority for the next couple of months is to really start pushing the, the women's the women's side and get a good core group there. We've got some good players and they need to be playing domestically as well as pushing for the, the national team to be progressing. Yeah. Is that kind of a goal for you guys in, for the PCRL to have both men's and women's? Everybody has both. both 100%. Guys. Yeah, 100%. Play, you know, play the same day. Like, you know, men men play men, yeah. women play women type, type of thing in the event. Yeah, and, and the, we have plans for a, a game um, over the course of the next two months, and, we, and it is going to be a dedicated women's event um, because okay. we feel it's important that they're not an afterthought. You know, yeah. uh, both Ben and I as, as leaders with US Aerial women's team, feel that, you know, they need to get the, the same amount of effort and attention that any men's team does. Um, and that goes for funding, that goes for support off the field as well as on the field. So, yeah. you know, we want to to put together a, a specific game uh, for the women uh, and, and work is well underway for that. Um, hopefully we'll have a, a bit more to share once we kind of, like I say, as we finalise those details and get everything um, firmed up, then we'll, we'll let everybody know at that point. You, you were talking a little bit ago, Ben, about you know exposure and getting people exposed. What are some of the things that you guys are trying to do um, from PCRL standpoint to to make sure that people can see? You know, the the big thing that everybody 
um, people not just in the U.S., but people around the world who want to see this game explode in, in America. Um, and people are like, oh, America is the next great holy land for, for rugby. And both codes say it, by the way. Everybody says it. It just hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Sevens, maybe. Sevens are doing pretty well right now down in Sydney. Um, but, you know, what are you guys doing? What are your plans for the future as far as how are you going to make sure that you continue to put out product for people so they can see and, and, and be there to watch it? And yeah. not just on, now say this, and not just like on someone's phone running along on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, there's all, I always kind of have a wry smile when there's debates going on on Twitter and social media about should we be focusing on getting a professional elite game? Should we be focusing on community grassroots sport? And for me, it's got to be a bit of both. You've got to have a pathway for people, for those, because we've, I've seen it just in the last few months as we've, we told our players, you know, we're, we're going to be aligned to the national governing body, which means everyone who plays for us, as long as they're registered, will be eligible for a national selection if they're good enough. And that gives, we see the motivation and we see that bringing players out to play for us. So having that pathway is really important for people, having that, um, that elite standard for them to aim for. But then you've also got to have that um, wider community base to draw from as well. And I think it's, it's not rocket science, but it's a lot of work, right? It's, it's, not ground, it's not groundbreakingly conceptually difficult things that need to be done, but it's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. And that's been one thing that's made the last few months so rewarding is we've got a really good group, not just the kind of six people on the board, but the wider working community that we've got of about 20 or 30 people, I think now are on that, on that group that are starting to look at specific things like how best to get more women involved in more women's teams, how best to think about planning for that medium and long term and looking at the, the kind of higher performance level of things. So I think there's a bit of both ends from in terms of how best to to grow it and get that, that exposure. Yeah. So it, uh, kind of going and, and building upon that, you know, you know, talk a little bit about the, what the what it's what the pathway to the women's national team has meant to these ladies who are you know, out there busting their ass all the time, working hard. You know, you both are member. So you'll have to inform me because I know things have changed a lot um, over the past year on you know the women's national team. Um, you know, from Red Tails to where it's USA Hawks women's side now, um, and all this stuff that happened behind the scene that we covered on the podcast. You can go back and listen to like episode two o two or two o three or something. I forget what which one it was, but Eddie, like, talk to me about you know, where the women's national team is now. What what are both of your specific titles, roles with the, with yeah. the team? So I'm, I'm head coach for the women's national team. Ben is the assistant head coach. Um, you know, I, before we go on, I just want to say thank you to Garen Casey for all the work that he put into the Red Tails and getting us into that first test, you know, groundbreaking for Women's Rugby League in America and he deserves some recognition for that. Uh, I know he's continued to do some good work with uh, Carolina Storm, uh, and working in both league and union on the East Coast. So, you know, yeah. kudos to, to Garen for, for having the balls to, to go out and actually do this because it's, it's not easy. He's um, right down the road for me too. I'll, I'll let yeah. him know if I, if, I, yeah. if I see him at the store. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you know, circumstances dictated that the Hawks took over the, the women's national team. Um, we had to reapply for our jobs and go through that process. 
a mm-hmm. number of other candidates were involved. Um, but ultimately, uh, through feedback from the women at the camp, they felt that uh, Ben and I were were good candidates to, to carry on the work that we've been doing. So and you, you know, were already involved before that, right? Like you, you were already working with Garen, you know, kind of involved, and so it was more of like an easier, easy transition, correct? More, more or less for the women, I would say. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Easy, there's, easy, there's probably more. <laughs> there's probably more qualified coaches out there, um, but obviously they don't have. Uh, U.S. residency, so they can't be here. They don't have uh, links into the clubs like we have. Um, So, you know, hopefully as we build, you know, we can prove that the decision was right and and the goal is qualification for the 2025 World Cup and and work started on that with the two ID camps we've done, um, one on the West Coast in Redondo Beach. Uh, We had 22 attendees for that. We had a few pull out last minute through injury and uh, family commitments, and then we had 28 over on the Florida camp the week later uh, in Jacksonville. So, you know, a good group oh, of 50 okay. players to, to go at. something players. Uh, you know, and I know there's probably another 20 or 30 behind that who weren't able to make the camps or didn't express their interest. You know, and, yeah. uh, we want to make it very clear that the door's open to everybody. It's not like you're in that that group of 50 and you won't be considered. So, you know, let, yeah. let's be clear Do about that. Do you anticipate that. kind of you know, uh, traveling around the States and doing camps. Cause I, I memory, memory serves me like with the red tails, you guys were in Chicago to yep. do like the, the first ever camp. Are you going to Chicago, Texas, other places, New York area once you can finally, you know, I know it's co- that costs money. So trust me, I know, but yeah, um, do yeah. you anticipate kind of growing that way for the women's side? Um, obviously, you know, from a personal standpoint, as long as I've got time off work and I can afford to get there, I'll make myself available. Yeah, you don't um, need to get paid for work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know, like, um, that the plan within the women's committee is to actually have some of the national team players go out and deliver local clinics in their communities as well. So, you know, women-led um, camps with the support of Ben and I wherever possible. I think it, it increases the exposure uh, exponentially in terms of what we can just do ourselves. So super excited to see how those go out. And, you know, we'll be lending our hand wherever possible. Yeah. I think then, then, been, I was going to say, I I think both Eddie and myself have been impressed by the work that they're doing, that, that women's committee led by Miranda and with Sam as the team manager and, and all the all the, the girls on that committee have been doing a, a fantastic job in organizing and getting, you know, starting essentially from scratch in terms of the kind of off-field stuff and getting some fundraising going and trying to get some, find some sponsors and, and reaching out to all these girls at different clubs. You know, the camps are in LA and Florida, but we had girls there that were from Cleveland and from Chicago and from New York and you know, it wasn't just girls that were in California and girls that were in, in yeah. Florida. It was from all, from all, all over. over. Yeah. 100%. And they've been, they've been doing an amazing job in pushing forward and they're, they're trying to organize test matches for later this year, I know, and, and they'll, I'm sure, share that news as they as they get those details sorted. But yeah, oh, I've been, that's it's been impressive. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell you what I know. Yeah. <laughs> And, and we're going to announce now that we're playing. Uh, I mean, I, I can I can tell you the, the two things that I do know. Uh, one, there was an invite from Serbian Rugby League to go uh, to Serbia wow. and play in Serbia for both men's and women's. 
Um, okay. I think that the difficulty with that is in and around funding. Is it Serbia? Yes, <laughs> it is in Serbia. So it's, you know, expensive to fly over there. They, they offered some um, some support and assistance, which is fantastic. But obviously, wow. a lot of the players here are self-funded and, you know, just the cost to get them over is probably prohibitive at this point. Um, the other uh, plan that is, in, is being looked at is a three-way event with potentially Jamaica and, and Canada in maybe September timeframe. So, again, the US era. In Florida. No, I believe it's oh. they want to do that in Jamaica. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'm happy. I'll go down to Jamaica with you. Let me know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Love again, Jamaica. you know, like uh, Miranda and the team managers, uh, you know, are, are doing a lot of hard work behind the scenes to, to kind of put that in place. Uh, but I know those I mean, are the two things that have been... Along the lines of like, a, uh, a, like what they did for the South American Championship where it's like three days, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. That's a lot, a lot of games. Is it? two quick games in two in two to three days that's, that's well i'm not the one playing i'm not the one playing so my knees will be just fine <laughs> actually my, my back hurts just thinking about that <laughs> so yeah okay so we, we don't know when you're going to play next um you know we have i don't know how much we can talk about the reform process we do know that um for those that uh don't know um the irl did come out and say that it's now kind of like in the hands like the final phases um yeah I have the reform process in my hands. I've seen it. I know it. I, I'm still trying to figure out how much I'm allowed to say right now versus how much I should hold off on. So I'm going to be nice. Um, what are some, for you guys, if you're allowed to say, what are some, like, we'll start with Ben first. Like, what are two key takeaways that you have have taken from this new reform process that you think is a, a positive movement forward for USA Rugby League? Well, before, before I get to that uh we did we can give you a little bit of breaking news or it might, spicy breaking news but, uh we were as Amy said at the start we submitted our expressions of interest to join usrl both as clubs and as That's a league right. a, a couple of months months ago um we received a letter yesterday from the, the board of usrl confirming that our clubs and pcrl are officially sanctioned as part of usrl okay. Um, the, Congratulations. So we're, we're very, very happy with that. Um, that builds the size of the USARL right now. <laughs> there's, there's still some you know, finer details of exactly you know, the, what kind of member status and that kind, yeah, of, yeah. that kind of thing. But yeah, we're super stoked to have that, have that confirmation from them. That's, that's really good news. Um, and with the, the USARL annual general meeting coming up this weekend, well, it will have already happened by the time this goes out, but um, that'll be, I think we're looking to see, as you said, is that a nice increase in transparency from this process is that yes. by having these clear, these clear markers set in place by the IRL and this constitution that says, this is exactly what you need to go through to be a club and to have a vote and to do this and this and that, that having this in place means everyone can say, okay, if I want to be a part of this process and help drive the sport forward in, in the US, which is what should be what we're all trying to do, then this is what I need to do and this is how I can do it and this is the support I can access and expect from the governing body. So that's yeah. that, I think, is a really positive step forward. Fantastic. And Adib, like, what do you think? What are one or, one or two things that you... With, with this new reform process and kind of now now being accepted into the USARL that you 
kind of see as like that positive step forward because you know, we can be honest and we talked about it on the podcast before been a lot of like one there's been a lot of dumb things that have been done in the past like just be honest like i've talked to drew about it i've talked with billy like like that was dumb why did you do that you know, like slap him in the back of the head sometimes um but you know that is what it is um but you know we know that there's been some changes and changes continue will continue to happen new board elected but as, as far yeah. as you know your thoughts what what do you think are you know positive things for, for, for I, that I are think- happening with this reform yeah, one of the big things for me is obviously, you know, the, for people to have a voice um, and, you know, that the process um, allows people to become members and, and have a vote and, and to be part of what this next board will look like. Um, you know, I think is in the individuals past... individuals too? Uh, like I, I think individuals... I think individuals can be nominated from my understanding of the, the governance review. Um, Intent, wink, wink. <laughs> I'm just we're just the podcast we want our own vote on this we want to help out so. yeah no, no. I'm sure everybody is welcome to all support they can get but um, right. you know for, for our teams in particular to know that we have a, a direct voice into USARL to express our opinions um, our you know expectations as teams um, and then hopefully to be able to, to participate in a, you know, national level competition. So, mm. yeah, we can't go to, you know, we can't be flying to Florida week in, week out because nobody can afford to do that. Um, mm. But to have regional competitions that then roll up into a, you know, end of season playoff for a national championship is is what we're, you know, we're hoping happens. And we've been talking to USARL to, to try and uh, facilitate that. Uh, so super stoked about that. The other thing for me is um, that it brings in men's, women, and wheelchair under the one banner. Um, you know, and again, it's very important that the, the women um, and the wheelchair have a voice in how rugby leagues, you know, guided and formed for, for for years to come. How great is the wheelchair rugby league? Oh, those guys are insane! God, I mean, come on! Yeah, I, I watched all the World Cup, but like I, like I intensely watched. Yeah, wheelchair. Same. Like, yeah, like, it's just. I, I'm, I know that people say like, as soon as the Americans see rugby league, they'll be great. I was like, nah, they just need to watch wheelchair rugby league. Like, <laughs> like, that, that was, was incredible. Like, yeah, it was. There was a, a documentary. Like, it was a murder ball was a documentary, but it was based on Union, I believe. But yeah. uh, anyway, go watch yeah. it. We say it on literally every episode of the podcast that comes out. Yeah, <laughs> it is phenomenal. Yeah. It is, Great. Anyway, okay. Yes. So, so having yeah, having representation from all those, you know, in potentially in the the revised board, you know, I know there's an interim vote this year, and then the full vote is for 2024. Um, okay. You know, and at that point, I, I think the from again from what I understand, I think you won't have the NGB and the LLC as two separate entities. It will all come under one banner. Under one so banner. again, okay. I think there's there's been probably thoughts you know in and around rugby league that nothing gets done because it needs one vote from one guy and one organization and then the ngb need to ratify that if it's all under one roof then you know hopefully we can get that uh, you know that process and, and more action day to day uh on getting the game going i think the thing that we've always said at least on the podcast and what i've always said is the goal regardless should be getting the national teams to play in the biggest events in the world Yep. The fact that the men's team did not make the last World Cup, 
Um, the fact that they, you know, it's just like so many days in between games and things like that. And I know it's hard. I know COVID did a number on some people, but yep. the other, but other countries also dealt with COVID. <laughs> and that was my thing. It's like, we're, we're, we're still trying to move forward and we can, I think there's a lot of positivity that can come out of it. And I think that yeah. these changes, like I know some people have criticized, like it has taken a long time. Like I'm gonna be honest, like and radio silence, lack of transparency, which you guys know we're, we're big about on the podcast. Um, not having that kind of hurt, I think. Yeah. Um, but with PCRL and what you guys are doing and your transparency and your open meetings that you have on uh, Zoom. Zoom? Yeah. Zoom. Yes, uh, Google guess, Meets. Like, yeah. Yeah. Monthly, Google Meets, yeah. Like monthly <laughs> meetings, is that what you guys are doing on a regular basis? Anybody can join and ask questions? Yeah, first Wednesday of yeah. each month, um, you know, you can register through our website and we'll send you the link to, to dial in, you know. Um, we're not there to, just late at night for us East coasters. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. Yes. It it is. I was going to get on last one. I was like, I'm tired. So let's, 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 let's look into our crystal balls, shall we? And let's look about what PCRL is this by the end of this year and how it works with the USARL and, and the guys in the East coast. And then let's look about three years down the line. And yep. we'll go. We'll go to Ben first. I want to hear what's your what's your prediction of how things are going to fold. How many teams are you going to have um, by the end of the year? By the end of three years, and then um, you know, what, what what do you what do you foresee being um, a, a big uh, turning point for you guys in this one and three year timeline? Sure, um, I'm going to stick stick to our our PCRL kind of mantra of not making huge proclamations that we're going to have, you know, 35 teams in, in three years time. But we've been really, I think where we've got to at this point with the four teams we currently have and the people we're kind of talking to that are in the works that hopefully will, might you've even have been announced that, by. You've announced that you've been talking with Oregon and you like, you're yes. going to have open discussion with them on social media. And they get, and they yep. Back. Yeah. They, they approach us, Nick up in Oregon approach us and, and, you know, because we, the, what's the great thing is, is that we've now we've got been through the kind of the the process of getting a 501c process and affiliating with USCRL and getting all the framework in place. We can offer that support to people like Oregon to say, okay, if you want to, we will do everything we can to help you in getting something going up there. Um, yeah. You know, and that's what we'd love to be able to do over the next year, two years, three years is provide people that framework to to thrive and to be sufficient self-sufficient and self-supporting rugby clubs and rugby organizations on the on the pacific coast um from a from my my own point of view down in san diego we i it's been probably at the top end of what we and even pcr on the top end of where we thought we'd be at this stage um well, we eight months in since we started going it's been it's been fantastic you know we had 30 or so on the men's side, about 30 or so guys to pick from for that game in December. And I personally would love to get to a stage where I can start a, a second club down here in, in San Diego. It's, you know, it's, that's my own personal, personal aim. I'm not saying that by, by the start of this season, we all have that, but that's something I would love to work towards. And, and, you know, there's, we've got a lot of guys down here who face in different kind of areas. It'd be good to, to, to be able to expand in that way. Yeah. On the women's side, um, I think in the two to three years, I'd love us to have a established West Coast conference, domestic conference, 
with you know four or five teams that are playing each other regularly and, and have an established uh, pathway there for them to to be playing against each other, and that's only going to help to drive the the national team on the back of that. Yeah. Okay. AD work will come to you now. Um, what what are you thinking? The you've you guys have already in LA. You guys have already expanded out. Like not just the mongrel. You have the banditos who are right there. Uh, yep. By the way, that logo is fantastic. Like I appreciate that. That's just fun. I, I love that. Uh, so you guys have already expanded. Um, you guys continue to grow. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're going to say that you're going to continue to win the championship every year for the next few years. So I'm not going <laughs> to let you do that. Um, but you know, as far as your team, your city, your yeah. area, the with the mongrel, but also the PCR, like where do you see the growth happening for you guys and with the banditos over there? And then also, you know, for three years down the road, what's, uh, what's the league look like? Is there yep. a, uh, an East coast, West coast origin style match, battle, you know, the battle of the battle of the coast match happening? What, what, what do you think? Yeah. Great questions. Um, I think, you know, when I, I look at Mongrel and, and where we're at and, and what I want to see in the, like the LA region in particular, there is more than enough scope to have four teams in LA, Orange County, you know, uh, area, maybe even down to, you know, bordering on Oceanside. Um, so, you know, seeing the growth in Southern California, I think would be great, but, you know, it'd be remiss of me to ignore uh, the Dead Pelicans and the group up there in Northern California. Oh, yeah. It's vital for us that we grow the game up there uh, as well, you know, because it, it, it's uh, not sustainable having them travel seven hours and teams doing seven and you know, eight hours to get back and forth between games. So we are going to be looking at expansion further north, um, you know, obviously, and then further north again with the, the Oregon discussion that we're going to hope, hopefully open. Um, and then, like I say, if we can have small clusters of regional conference that fall under the PCRL banner and then, you know, that to flow into the, the national comp. Um, hopefully that then leads into maybe some of those Northeast teams that are still undecided thinking about coming back in because there's more teams to play for and there's a bit more status yep. in and around, you know, being US ARL champion because there's, God forbid, 20, 30 teams, teams yeah. at that point. Um, yeah. and, and obviously I think it's really important that we all kind of draw a line under the sand about, what has happened with US Aerial in the past and focus on the future. Um, you know, and, and that's been our mantra from day one. We've got to look forward and not backwards. Um, and I think if other teams and other people involved do the same, then I think there'll be massive growth of rugby league over the next three to five years. Um, but, you know, um, women being part of that is vital for, for everybody. And, and for me, long-term is to try and get a youth program going as well. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've said before, my son played soccer and it was $2,000 for him to play a season at club level, you know, which was crazy. Um, and if you've got two or three kids who are all wanting to play sport, um, if you're a low-income family, then you just don't have access to the game. Um, I dread to think how many talented athletes there are out there that need to be playing our game. And if we can give them uh, a mechanism to do that that's affordable or free, you know, ultimately, then, you know, that's that's my main goal um, from growing yeah. rugby league out here in the West. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think you, you had it right, I think. In my mind, you, you're working your way up the coast. You're getting into Oregon, Washington, Seattle next. 
this big, big Polynesian, you know, yep. hold up there. I used if, to live in Seattle, so there's that. If there's, then, if there's anyone listening in, in Seattle and Washington who wants to, to <laughs> wants to start doing similar to what we're doing in Oregon, then, you know, feel free or any other teams that are interested, you know, head to our website, um, PacificCoastRL.com and drop us a, get in touch and drop us an email and, well, then you guys Welcome can just talking to anyone. pull everybody on the West Coast and just make a quick jump over to, uh, to Canada, and you can have a, a battle of the border <laughs> with the RLBC up there. We know how those guys are, those cougars and vipers and everybody else who listens up there with the Whistler Wolves. Like, yeah, we, I can see it happening. I mean, listen, like we're, I, I think we're just a few key moments away yeah. from really having things take off and, and have the vision you have to let's be honest like you have to have the money too we've got to be able to find ways to bring in you guys know this bring in partnerships and sponsorships so that you make money in this. yep um i think i think that's key for everybody um, yeah and that's what the, the people that we have spoken to about you know expansion and and where we go our model is very much that um u.s teams need to be self-sustainable um yeah. you know we as a league will fund ourselves um, and we don't charge teams to be part of our league. Um, they will register directly with USARL. The players will register directly with USARL, you know, and, and that will all go hopefully back into funding the, the growth of the national teams and, and everything else we can get going. But, you know, if, if a team wants to start up, we'll assist off the field as much as possible. But, you know, ultimately it's going to require groups like us to get together in four, five, six, seven people to say, right, I'm going to go be a sponsor guy. I'm going to go out and try and negotiate a deal with a kit. And, you know, it, 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 it can't just be one person. Um, and we certainly can't do it for all teams. But, you know, we have a framework. We have documentation in place. We have, like, sponsor packs that we can share with people so that there's a like a standard process with some funding and costing in that that we know will help fund your team for a season because of the work that we've done in, in calculating that so that's our role that's in this and, and bringing everybody together ultimately well that we'll have to have you come back and talk about that because we we're planning this is news to everybody but i'm planning on doing a the business of rugby league series on the podcast uh, or on the website that's going to be dropping here if it hasn't dropped yet. Um, but we'll be talking about like what's it take to run and create a rugby league team and what do you need from yeah. sponsorship, marketing, business, accounting. This is all important. You got you have to do it. Um, so it'll be good to you know, we'll talk about that. Guys, um, we, uh, we, we talked about a lot here. I want to be cognizant of your time since, you know, you guys got to get back to work. Um <laughs> And I, I do too. Let's be honest, I do too. Um, <laughs> but you know, as far as yeah, any last uh, parting words, uh, Ben, we'll start with you. Um, where can people follow you on on social media? Because that's we know how big the Barracudas are on social media, but also PCRL. Yep. So uh, you can find us. Our, our website is sdbarracudas.com. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter, both at sd underscore barracudas. Um, on Facebook at sd barracudas. Uh, we're, we're pretty active on there. If you want to know about anything that we're, we're doing, anything that's upcoming with us, then, then get on there. If you want to get in touch, if you're interested in playing, coaching, off fields, you know, we're, we're still recruiting. We've got some, some great people involved, but we're always open to more people than drops a, a text, an email, a, a message, whatever it might be. Um, it's a, been fish a, I, a, a fish, a fish icon. 
Yeah. Everywhere. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been a an interesting and exciting journey so far. Um, and it's I think there's a lot more to come. And hopefully, you know, we come back on in a year, two years' time, things will be heading in the right direction. Yeah. I, I, it sounds good to me. I, I, I'm all for it. Eighty. um where, where can we follow your uh, your mongrel? Um, yeah, you so again, you're, we, still we, selling, you're still selling gear and stuff too on your site. But are you still selling gear or trying to sell gear? We, we yep. need to do some tweaks to our update, but we, we've got our merch is available. The replica jerseys have, have closed for now, um, and we are working through um, delivery dates for, for those people who place those. Um, you can find us at LA underscore mongrel on Instagram, Twitter, um, you can find us at Pacific Coast RL on all of the socials and PacificCoastRL.com for the website. Um, we try to cross promote everywhere. So Bandidos, Dead Pelicans links are all available on our website as well. So you know, let's share the love. It's not just about the two, two original teams, um, you know, and hopefully we've got a lot more to talk about next time we get back together. Yeah. We're looking forward to finding out. When you, when you guys are playing schedules, when, when that's coming out, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll have, we actually, on, on the new Rugby League of America uh, website, we have all the links to all the different teams in PCRL, uh, their socials, their handles, their websites, everything is already all listed on there. So when we launch that, you can go into rugbyleagueinamerica.net and find all, all the teams, not just in the U.S., not just in Canada, but Jamaica, South America, Brazil, Chile, Argentina, we literally have every single team in the Western Hemisphere on our website. Fantastic. At least a link to get to them. Yeah, so uh, it's fun. Like, again, rugby league in the uh, quote-unquote Americas. So, <laughs> Well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Um, really enjoyed looking forward to seeing what you guys can do here, you know, in, in the future. Looking forward to the expansion for you all. Um, you know, we appreciate you joining from the Pacific Coast Rugby League, San Diego Barracudas, Mr. Ben Calvilli, and then from the LA Mongrel. I love this. This is a funny name, Mongrel. We look forward to seeing the puppies and the fishes fight uh, you know, <laughs> later this year. Uh, Mr. A.D. Cooney. A.D., appreciate it, Ben. Appreciate it. You guys have a great rest of the day. We enjoy you. We thank you all for joining us on the podcast today. If you're looking for more information on the PCRL or any other rugby league news in the Americas. Uh, the new website should be up any day now. <laughs> we hope that's going to be rugbyleagueinamerica.net. Thanks for joining us on this episode. We greatly appreciate it. My name is Dustin Zare and this has been Rugby League in America.